and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy, and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones. Or don't, it's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Curtain. We just saw a musical that was so fetch. Okay, can you, like, stop trying to make fetch happen? It's never going to happen. But, like, Tina Fey did make fetch happen by bringing one of our favorite Y2K movies to the stage. Mm, fair enough. This past week, we saw the touring production of Mean Girls the Musical and had an absolute blast. And since the musical has both a fabulous Halloween and Christmas scene... We thought it would be the perfect bridge between our stagey spook series and this upcoming holiday season. So if you don't know what Mean Girls is because you live under a rock or you got hit by a bus, Mean Girls the musical tells the story of Katie Heron through the point of view of her friends, Janice Skarkisian and Damian Hubbard. Katie Heron is the new girl at North Shore High School in Chicago, where she just moved to from Africa after being homeschooled. Desperate to fit in and find friends, Janice and Damien befriend the new girl. However, when the Plastics, Regina, Karen, and Gretchen set their sights on Katie, Janice convinces naive Katie to be their friend in order to bring down Queen Bee Regina George's reign. Along the way, Katie loses herself, her friends, and her crush on Regina's ex-boyfriend, Aaron Samuels, all for the chance to be popular and loved. When dethroned, Regina gets revenge by releasing photocopied pages of her burn book. Katie is brought down and must mend her broken relationships with Janice, Aaron, and even Regina. In 2002, author Rosalind Wiseman released a self-help book titled Queen Bees and Wannabes, Helping Your Daughter Survive Cliques, Gossip, Boyfriends, and Other Realities of Adolescence. Tina Fey, who was doing quite well for herself on SNL, read Wiseman's Queen Bees and Wannabes and called up Saturday Night Live producer Lauren Michaels to suggest turning the book into a film. Michaels contacted Paramount Pictures, who purchased the rights to the book, and Tina Fey began working on the plot. Since the book was non-fictional, she had to write the plot from scratch, taking elements from her own high school experience and tweaking the names of real-life friends into the names of fictional characters. The result was Mean Girls, which starred Lindsay Lohan, Rachel McAdams, Lacey Chabert, and Amanda Seyfried. The film was released in theaters on April 30, 2004, and was praised for the way it accurately depicted the manipulative nature of high school students. I can remember seeing this in the cinema, and I freaking loved it. But from what I recall, it took like two years or so after it was released for people to really get into it in the way that it is universally loved now. Did you see it in the cinema when it came out? I wasn't allowed to watch it because it promoted mean girl behavior. Okay. So I watched it like a year or so after it Mm. came out, but only because everybody else was watching it and I was getting made fun of because I hadn't seen it. Real life bullying. But like I said, it took about a year or so afterwards for like everyone to really catch on to it. I think once it was released on DVD, it became more popular. I don't know. Yeah, I had to rent it on DVD from the library. Wow, the library. (laughs) Okay, Regina, take a pill. (laughs) In 2011, a made-for-television sequel titled Mean Girls 2 premiered on ABC Family. It was so bad. (laughs) Yeah, it did not match the success of the first film and could barely be recognizable as a sequel. There was also a spin-off film under the name Mean Moms, which was set to be released in 2015, but the studio pulled it. This was probably for the best because it seems the brand died out within the initial sequel. 
that is until 2016. Because what's better than making Fetch happen? Making Fetch happen on Broadway! In the summer of 2016, Tina Fey announced that a musical adaptation was in the works with her husband, composer Jeff Richmond, and Nell Benjamin writing the lyrics. Flash forward to October 3rd, 2016, it was announced on social media that Mean Girls would finally make its stage debut in the fall of 2017 in Washington, D.C. A four-week lab was held in April 2017 with Casey Nicola directing and choreographing the show. It was soon announced that Erica Henningsen would lead the cast as Katie Heron, Regina George would be played by Taylor Louderman, Gretchen Wieners by Ashley Park, and Karen Smith by Kate Rockwell. The cast also included Barrett Wilbert Weed as Janice, Gray Henson as Damien, Cal Selig as Aaron Samuels, and Carrie Butler as Mrs. Norberry, Mrs. Heron, and Mrs. George. The musical made its world premiere at the National Theatre in Washington, D.C. on October 31, 2017 and ran through December 3, 2017. There were several changes made between the D.C. run and Broadway first preview, most notably being the Act 2 opener, Bossed Up, in which Katie relished her new power and popularity, which became Stop. Previews began on Broadway at the August Wilson Theatre on March 12, 2018, before officially opening on April 8, 2018. Okay, now pause because we need to talk about T-Boyage, who on March 19th, in the middle of their first week of previews, saved the performance that evening by stepping into the role of Janice, a role that she did not cover. T went on with only four hours of rehearsal. Four for you, T-Boyage. You go, T-Boyage. Four for you, T-Boyage. You go, T-Boyage. So Mean Girls actually led the 2018 Tony Awards with 12 nominations, and while it didn't win any, they gave a killer performance, which, like, we'll get to this later on, but you could totally tell the show was aiming for a best choreo nom. Following the success of the Broadway show, a U.S. national tour began in Buffalo, New York on September 21, 2019, starring Mary-Kate Morrissey as Janice Sarkisian, with Danielle Wade as Katie Heron, Mariah Rose Faith as Regina George, Megan Masako Haley as Gretchen Wieners, Jonalyn Saxer as Karen Smith, Eric Huffman as Damian Hubbard, and Dante Carter as Aaron Samuels. Back over on Broadway. Okay, oh, so I've been waiting to talk about this since 2020. As you know, if you're a longtime listener, I flipping love talking about stunt casting. And I think maybe possibly this one was the worst stunt casting of all time. And that is when Cameron Dallas stepped into the role of Aaron Samuels for a four week run in the show while Kyle Selig was on a leave of absence, which was Kyle actually on a leave of absence for a specific reason? Or was the show trying to gain attention because it was beginning to sink in sales? I don't know if that was ever talked about or, you know, debunked. But I remember seeing that on Twitter that it was what they had done. Um, I could be wrong. Anyways, Cameron made his Broadway debut in Mean Girls on January 14th, 2020. If you don't know who he is, he gained attention through Vine, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And like, he does have some music out there because that's how these influencer content creator types cap on making bucks. For example, you know, Charlie D'Amelio and Dixie D'Amelio and or, you know, Addison Ray. Poor music, good marketing from their agents. It it totally works. It does. <laughs> you always want to give the benefit of the doubt without judging too harshly when a stunt cast is announced. The main target audience for Mean Girls fit the bill of a similar audience that knows who Cameron Dallas is. However, clips began to surface online of his performance and they actually cut sections of harmonies for the role because, you know, he just probably couldn't do it. And, you know, that isn't exactly his fault. 
He isn't a Broadway performer. He isn't even a performer. It comes down to the production team allowing this to happen in the first place. And really, it wasn't fair to the audience members who are spending roughly 150 on a ticket. It wasn't fair to his fellow cast members. And it really wasn't fair to Cameron himself. Listen, if a stunt cast isn't going to be good, it's literally always embarrassing for everyone involved. Absolutely. And I think in this case, it was like, you could, I don't know, I, don't, I have never spoken to any of the performers from Mean Girls on Broadway during this time, but... When you're watching the clips on YouTube, you could see that the actors themselves around him are kind of struggling to make the scene work with him in it. Um, and that's just because, you know, he isn't trained to do this. So it's really a loss on everybody in the show. Now, there are also times when stunt casting is done right, and this is a great example. So, days after Cameron Dallas left the show, it was announced that Sabrina Carpenter, who is popular for her work on the Disney Channel and as a pop artist, would take over the role of Katie Heron from Erica Henningsen. Sabrina's run began on March 10th, 2020, where she unfortunately would only play a handful of performances as Broadway closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Unknowingly at the time, Mean Girls played its final performance on March 12, 2020. At the time of closing, the show had grossed $124 million. It was also announced by Tina Fey that a movie adaptation of the musical, <laughs> that's confusing, is in the works. So there is still a future for the show. Plus, Mean Girls the Musical is currently touring around the US and Canada. In fact, we saw the show just a little over a week ago, so let's chat about it. Now, we both didn't see the show on Broadway when it was running, but I know that we both did enjoy the cast recording uh, when it initially came out. I ended up seeing the tour first, and I did enjoy it, but I remember texting Joss afterwards saying that it could have been at least like 25 to 30 minutes shorter. I still do stand by that after seeing it a second time, but I did enjoy it a lot more the second performance. And like, truly friends, take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Because they really do pack in everything that you'd want and expect out of a musical adaptation of the classic film. It really wouldn't be possible to cut 25 to 30 minutes out of the show without losing a lot of like the classic jokes and such. Because they do intertwine into songs. But I just found that some of the songs dragged on quite a bit. Yeah, that was kind of, I had two kind of main complaints about the show. And I say complaints lightly because you know me. I went... I had my little cocktail and I had a great time. I laughed my little butt off and it was it was a fun show. But my goodness, it was far too long. I think when we were at the back of the house and for the last half of act one, there were at least 10 people who like got up and left to use the bathroom and came back. And I think that's just a really good marker of saying, yeah, the act is too long. You know, if people have to pee before act one is done, yeah, maybe it should be a little shorter. I know that I was kind of thinking it dra it dragged in a couple places, which I wasn't expecting. Yeah, same. Like going into the show, I thought it would be faster paced than it was. Because the movie, the movie it's is so, so fast, fast yeah. paced. It moves and it just putters along yeah. quite nicely. And, you know, there's this quote from this like, I don't know who he was. He was someone who worked during the golden age of mm. Broadway or whatever. And he says, the key to musical comedy is speed, 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 and lots of it. Yeah. And I have to agree. To get that pace going, to get it landing, it's got to chug along. And this kind of would go in spurts of chugging along, and then it would just kind of lag. And yeah. it would pick up, and it would lag. Which was kind of a bummer for me, because like when it was going, it was fun. It was cracker. 
But then what wasn't, you could tell, you know, people were starting to shift. Mm -hmm. My other kind of thing, they have this really cool thing that they do with the sets where it's all like LED lights on like moving background thingies. And I... I am someone who, you know, gets migraines, gets motion sick. And so there were no warnings for strobe lights, but on their projections, and sometimes instead of just having a static scene, they had things that would move and patterns that would pulse like in the background behind the action, which one is very distracting. And two, if you are somebody who gets motion sickness or chronic migraine or has anything that goes on like with your eyes and your brain... Like, it did trigger a migraine attack for me, and I thought I would be fine because there was no strobe lighting. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, And I think it just – it takes your attention away from the show, and, you know, it's something that should kind of be on the warning going in. Um, So, you know, you can kind of prepare yourself and make sure you have everything you need. So those were just my two kind of super nitpicky things, but I did have a great time. I thought I was being annoying with how much I was laughing, actually, because (laughs) I I was having fun. Just to go off of what you had just said a moment ago, um, I don't know, maybe you'll find a different part than I did, but I find that, you know, you have the the first bit of the cautionary tale. That's fine. I don't know how needed that whole bit is. I find that a little bit long. And then you have it roars, which I thought was okay. That worked. And then it gets Mm -hmm. to where do you belong? And that is unbearably long for me I thought that was one of the numbers that I was like oh my god why is this so long and I do think to get to my point that I had mentioned earlier it's because they wanted a choreo nomination and the choreo and that is amazing they have lunch trays and they do a whole tap bit and it's great but does it need to be that long? No, because that yeah. moment in the film is literally like a split second where they're like, this is the cool table. This is, you know, the art freaks, whatever. Um, and you don't want to sit with those girls type of thing. That's all that yeah, needed to be said. It's kind of like I'm going to piggyback off what you said. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were multiple songs that had dance breaks. Yeah. And I was kind of like, not every song needs a dance break. I think that was kind of um so basically from what I understand and I think I mean this is the plot, right? But it's told through the eyes of Janice and Damien and Damien includes dance breaks and musical theater and stuff like that in his retelling of what happened. So I understand it in that point of view, but it is like unnecessarily long. Like the song stop should just have been cut altogether. The whole point of stop is getting to that awesome bit where Karen sings and that's it. Like <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should just teach men to not do that. That's all we really need is in that moment, you know, but even then just the whole segment, the whole bit of that song is really annoying and there is a massive tap dance break in that, I believe, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And- he has, he's like, dance, uh, tap break and or something. And the whole thing with Janice and Damien telling, retelling the story, I felt like that yeah. wasn't super necessary. Yeah, I don't find it necessary I feel like that all. easily could have taken like 10 to 15 minutes off the show, but not like changed anything. Right. Um, you it know, could totally open with It Roars and it would be the same effect. I think It Roars would be a better a opening. perfect opening number. It's mm-hmm. one of the best. And like the puppets, like it's kind of like a little Lion right? King reference. But yeah. Yeah, so it was just it was kind of little things like that. And, you know, seeing the response that the show has had, because, like, everybody loves it, which 
I get it. It's it's funny. The songs are super duper catchy and it's based off this movie that we all know and love. Maybe I just had super high expectations going in, which, you know, that could be my fault because like I know I love this movie. I'm like, great. Tina Fey wrote this book. You know, right. it's not going to be super messed up. Like I was like, this is, you know, I thought I was going to get what it was on the tin and it was different, which is it okay. Different, but I still think you are going to Mean Girls and getting what you expect out of it in terms of you're there to get the classic jokes, you're there to get all that. Um, it is a bit longer for someone who is just going for what they expect Mean Girls the movie to be. And I, I mean, we do have to keep in mind like this is a musical and it is um, a pretty good, in my opinion, adaptation of the film. Like I said, it stays true to everything. There's things that I'm like, yeah, I would cut that. Like, I think there were some parts that felt over the top. And what I liked about Mean Girls, the movie is sort of the subtle meanness or just the subtle humor. Like uh, Mrs. George, I thought she was too over the top. Her lines were too much. Not the actress, not the performer, just the way the character is written. The mom was so funny because she was so subtly stupid. Like, you want a hump day treat? Oh, God, I don't put alcohol. Do you want some? You know what I mean? And in this, she was kind if of you're like... you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the exactly. house. Exactly. In this, she was very um, too in on it, on what the girls are doing, and in a way that was just too much. Yeah, I'm just going to rewind back to what sure. you were saying about like the subtlety of it. And I think, you know, it's a musical and it's mm-hmm. a stage show, so it's super hard to be subtle on stage the way you can be subtle on camera. Sure. But I'm really glad you brought that up because the original film it has that that's what being mean like as a girl kind of yeah is like the mean girls are very subtle like that oh my god I love your bracelet that's exactly what just came to mind and like that is the ugliest fucking bracelet I've ever seen like that's what that is and so there was I didn't think they were mean enough I understand like in the movie Karen was kind of always like you know they're like Karen's not mean because she's too dumb to be which Eh, I really I never liked that, never vibed with that. But now in the in in the musical, you see Gretchen more as a victim of Regina George than as a mean girl. But here's the thing. The show is called Mean Girls. It's not just mean girl. It's not about Regina George. It's about how every girl in the show and this includes the plastics. This includes Janice. This includes Katie. Every girl is guilty of girl-on-girl crime. I totally agree with you, um, 100%. I just find in my perspective of Gretchen, at least Gretchen, uh, I would say that she was, yeah, she was a victim of Regina's brutality and meanness, and she, uh, Regina was using Gretchen, but that doesn't make anything that Gretchen said or did okay. However, there's not much in the film or in the musical that Gretchen really does besides be like let a secret spill type of thing um but you do know that she is a mean girl like that is the point of this like that yeah it's kind of like I feel like as much as you want the characters to be redeemable because you have that end scene where they all realize they're victims of the same system you have the end where Katie's like we're all stars we're all fabulous and wonderful and worthy like you need to get to that reconciliation Mm. point but the, that beautiful point comes from having two sides of one coin. And for me, it was kind of playing to the ending before we got there. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I just didn't even find Regina mean. Like, the character is written in a way 
that, well, sorry, the character in the musical is written in a way that I was like, oh, I'm not scared of her at all. Like, she wasn't even mean in a way that's like subtly manipulative, like Regina George is supposed to be. She's kind of goofy. Like, it's very weird to me. And at some point, you kind of start to feel bad for her because there's no meanness. I don't know. I think the worst thing we see her do is kiss Aaron Samuels. We do get that bit of Regina's past with uh, Janice at the sleepover. But even then, that's something that's like not in that timeline of the show because it's a past scene. And then you also have her scanning through the burn book. But I thought Katie was like the real villain in this version. Like she is like, whoo, she is crazy, girl. And I don't think that was something that she got off of Regina because we didn't see any of that energy from Regina George. You know, it's it's kind of like when we are talking with Madison Firth, who plays Heather Chandler on the West End right now, because, um, you know, Heather's was Mean Girls before Mean Girls and Carrie was Heather's before Heather's. Like the thing about Heather Chandler and the thing about Regina George, it's like you should be absolutely terrified by them and want to be their best friend at the same time. You want both. While that want is written in for Katie, Katie recognizes, okay, Regina is terrifying. She's the apex predator, but if you're in with her, you're safe. She has that whole beautiful like song about it. But what we don't do is we don't establish Regina as someone who is absolutely terrifying. And I think the book could have gone a little further to support that. You know what it felt like to me? Because this is a retelling of Janice and Damien's point of view that it almost felt more like Janice was just nitpicking at things to hate Regina for because we just literally did not see any of that from her. Even in Apex Predator, we hear Janice singing about it, but we don't visibly see anything except for Regina like shaking her hair on the, on the escalator. I don't know. I just wanted more meanness from just all around, all around. But yeah, I do like Katie's story arc. I thought that worked pretty well. But like I said, there was just nothing to like push her into that full on story arc in terms of Regina and copying Regina. And, you know, we still get the lines from Aaron where he's like, you're like a mini version of Regina or whatever it is. And yet we still don't get to see yeah, the it. Whole, like you're a homeschool jungle freak who's a less hot version of. Yeah, me. I thought that was weird that we didn't get Regina going to the party. I really didn't like that scene either where we find out that she has the Keltine bars. It was also another moment that was just so subtle to me that just didn't work. Um, which, like, is weird because I thought that was the only subtlety in the musical was that scene. And in the film, that's the part where it's, like, it's crazy and big and she's screaming at, outside the party. And I and wanted that. she's got that. it, like, stuck in her teeth. And- exactly. I just wanted a little bit more than that. And the party scene as well, I kind of, like... I would have cut a bunch of that, to be honest. Obviously, we weren't super great, super big fans of the book in that sense. But I want to say that, like, the touring cast is amazing. The vocals are incredible. Like, you know, you get your money, you get your money's worth for your ticket. You get a great show. You're entertained. You're laughing. um, You're being slayed by fabulous singers, dancers, actors. It is a great show, and it's a fun night out with your friends. Um, So please don't let anything that we're saying 
deter you from going. I think if you love the movie, you'll love the musical. And even more to that effect is, you know, Mean Girls is a story for anyone who has been through high school. It's very relatable. And um, I think that's why it works so well um, in the musical theater canon. Like you just said, it's a great show to see with your friends. It's a fun night out of the theater. I am... I'm such a firm believer that not all art needs to make you feel something powerful. You can see something absolutely stupid and enjoy the heck out of it in the same way someone else might enjoy Les Mis for being deep. And it might not be stupid to you, whatever you see. It could be something that you do feel deeply. Everyone takes art in a different way. So yeah, go see Mean Girls on tour. Go support this awesome cast. And let us know what you think of the show. We'd love to know. Yeah, like, I still cried at the end. I freaking sobbed at a few songs. Like, I really did. (laughs) I was like, I'm not okay right now. But yeah, like we said, go see it. Tell us what you think. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Jocelyn. Together we are Breaking Breaking the the Curtain. And stay gruel, everybody. Keep it gruel and be so fetch that not even Regina George can scare you. (laughs) Bye, Bye, guys.